Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, the aphorism for July 17. Is there any subject on which you feel sensitive? If so, determine to change yourself. A sore spot on the body tells you there's something wrong there. When people rub you the wrong way, see what there is in yourself that made you flinch. Well, this is really a nice challenge for the rest of our life, isn't it? You know, to just be able to be completely even-minded and at ease no matter what people are talking about. It was very interesting. I've been dealing uh, in the last relatively recent period of time with a, a complicated administrative issue that has also involved my emotions and so on and so on. And I've been through, you know, multiple cycles of I feel better about everything now. And one of the cycles of I feel better about everything now involved me explaining to everyone about why I feel better about it now. How I used to be upset about it, but now I'm not upset about it anymore. I feel better about it. I think that I'm, oh, maybe not quite. (laughs) You know, because I thought I was. And more recently, I've actually discovered that I can speak about it at quite great length and still be relatively calm and cheerful at the end. Not completely, though. Not completely. But you see, any little like or dislike that we're holding, earlier in, in this month we were talking about if, if anything actually disturbs us, we need to calm the reactions in the heart. The reactions in the heart are, I want it to be this way, I don't want it to be that way. And of course, you know, when you're, when you're not committed to God realization is the goal, you're inclined to say, well, yes, of course, everyone feels that way. And the mere fact that everyone feels that way doesn't mean that it makes anyone happy to feel that way. So it really isn't a question of just being able to say that this happens to people. It's a question of what is enough for you? What do you want out of your life? You know, and, and some people are more avid than others, and some people are willing to work harder than others. I went to college for one year. College and I were not suited for each other. I was deeply interested in wisdom, and I actually went to Stanford at a time when it wasn't such a, oh my God, you went to Stanford time, you know, actual just like real ordinary people went to Stanford at that period of time, including me. But it was a, it was a notable university, and I expected a lot from it, and I had been, actually the the only word is, I'd been counting on it, because I was a truth seeker, and I was very distressed that nobody was telling me anything that had to me the ring of lasting truth. I was not spiritually inclined, I wasn't thinking about God, but I I wanted to know the secret of happiness, and I wanted to know what was true. And for a long time as a child, because children respect adults, and I had a very nice family, and I liked my parents, and they impressed me as as intelligent and refined people, I kept thinking, 
there's, you know, like there's going to be a big moment. There's going to be like a big reveal at some point in which we all sit down and they say, now you're old enough, here's the secret of life. But as I grew up, I began to realize that they didn't know. And no teacher I met knew, nobody knew. I remember this as a small thing, but we were Jewish, and I remember being about 10. I used to talk to my father while he would shave. That was sort of like, he, he shaved with a brush and a, a razor like this, and I would sit on the edge of the bathtub or on the lid of the commode sitting there and talk to him as a child. And I remember asking him once why we didn't believe, we, meaning Jews, didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And uh, I remember him just hemming and hawing and trying to find an explanation. And I realized he had no idea. He was Jewish because he was born Jewish. He'd never actually wondered why we didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah. It had never been a question he'd asked. Why I asked it, I have no idea. But I remember realizing, oh, he doesn't know. And it must have made an impression on me because I still vividly remember the moment. It wasn't a tragedy. It was just, huh, he doesn't know. So what happened when I went to college was that, well, this is a great university. These professors will know something. And I discovered that all they actually had was knowledge, that they didn't have wisdom. And they had a great deal of knowledge, and I wasn't even slightly interested in knowledge. I wanted wisdom, so I lasted one year, and I barely lasted that one year. But again, what I noticed when I was there, and I was with, in a woman's dorm with eight, a bunch of other 18-year-olds, most of whom, many of whom were unhappy, most of whom were unhappy. 18-year-olds as a, as a race are not that happy, and 18-year-old girls are particularly not happy. Not happy in a real sense. I don't mean they're never cheerful or they're all depressive. Uh, but they're just not happy. They're not free. They're not lighthearted. And the difference I began to notice between them and me was I really wanted to understand why I wasn't happy and I was willing to change in order to have more happiness. And I was a little surprised to realize how singular that was. I would just think that everyone would want to do that. They sort of wanted to be made happy. I wanted to make myself happy. And I was the project. I could see I was the project. By that time, I'd had a psychedelic insight. The consciousness was everything. So, of course, that set me apart also. But I wasn't the only one by any means. But it was the determination which I've never given up. So... When Swami says, when anything rubs you the wrong way, you have to ask yourself, what is there in myself that makes that happen? It's not like he's rude. I, I, I have a wonderful friend who still is a wonderful friend, just has a peculiar habit. Whenever the person gets upset about something I've done, the person is always willing to say, yes, it's true that I got upset, but of course I wouldn't have gotten upset if you hadn't misbehaved in the first place. <laughs> and of course all I can say is, yes, of course, I launched it. But the next part of it is, why are you reacting? Because somebody's always going to misbehave and I'll apologize for it and I'll own it in a second. But you see, that's what we do. It's not really my fault. It's because you spoke to me in an unkind way. If you hadn't spoken to me in an unkind way, then I wouldn't have had to get upset. 
But Swami says, what's the point of that? People are always going to be speaking to you in an unkind way. You're never going to be able to make the whole world behave the way you want it to behave. That's why there's so many divorces, among other things. And that's why so many parents and children do not have the wonderful, loving relationships that everybody wishes that they could have. It's because we're always trying to make everybody different. And instead of, and of course, we go back to the whole month of aphorisms. I don't have to repeat them all. But, we, but the, first, the first responsibility that God has put into our hands is to change ourselves. And if you're serious, if you wish to be therefore perfect as our Father in Heaven is perfect, whatever disturbs our equanimity and causes us to flinch, we have to pause and seriously ask ourselves, Why? Why am I allowing that still to bother me? And and that's how we learn about ourselves. If we're not able to be honest enough to actually admit that I'm upset about this, like I I commented about in in when I was talking about the aphorism from the day before this one, I was talking about when, when I asked Swami a question about something that I thought was informational, and he responded by saying, why are you afraid? And I said, I'm not afraid. I didn't know that I was afraid until I reacted to that statement. When he said, don't be afraid, I could have been reassured by that, but instead I became defensive. Like, why was I afraid to admit that I was afraid? Why had I not even admitted to myself that I was afraid? It's like, there's a, and and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, what's wrong with me? It's like, huh, isn't that interesting? Look at that. I remember I had this very difficult karmic relationship with someone in our community. As Swamiji said, the the, the spiritual family of Paramhansa Yogananda, of which I am a part, is a very large and a very old family. And the smaller subunits of Ananda and Ananda of a particular time and place, which I'm part of, sort of the founding tribe, as I call us. Um, As Swami said, we've been together countless times in so many different circumstances. He used the phrase, we've been all things to one another. And not all of them harmonious, because that's just the way it is. Master said, you know, I mean, we be, sometimes if you're very attached to each other, I mean, just think about it. You really love each other. You really become, you have expectations. You build up attachments. And then perhaps one person changes and they move away from you in ways that you don't want and you want them to stay with you and then they have to break away from you in order to follow their own star, as Swami has told us earlier this month to do. And then you're upset with them and then you become angry with them. And then why are you angry at me? It all starts from closeness. It results in antagonism. Then all that antagonism has to be settled and then you know it just runs endlessly. So among the people at Ananda, some of them rub you the wrong way. And you have to ask that question, why am I flinching? You know, what does this, who is this person to be? But more often, much more often, what do they represent? You know, what is it about what this person is doing? What is the vibratory quality that disturbs my inner peace? And if, you're, if we're honest, it gets, it gets very, very interesting. It just gets very, very interesting. But in this particular case, I had had this long, confusing relationship, very difficult. And, and we'd been in proximity to each other a lot. And then circumstances shifted, and uh, the proximity was greatly diminished. And when the proximity diminished, the irritation diminished. And I remembered, because 
karmically speaking, I think we were very close. Um, and had been through lots of up and down cycles. And I began to feel very fond of this person, so much so that when there was a, a, a big group vacation, actually, and we had to share apartments, I volunteered to share an apartment with this person because I, I felt so positive toward them. It took about maybe a full half an hour before I was just totally enraged again. And it wasn't funny. I was just, I was just like, oh my gosh, here we are again. And to say the person rubbed me the wrong way would be putting it mildly. And I actually, I was weeping. I was so distressed. I was sitting with Swami. I was so sad. And he was so cheerful. Well, he said, you thought you were free of this karma, so you weren't putting out any energy to dissolve it. He said, now you know. And it was like, I was having a really hard time seeing it as good news. But he thought it was really good news because it had been hidden from me, so I wasn't putting out any energy. Now it had been revealed, and I could put out the energy to overcome it. But since then, and that was a long time ago, not only in that instance, which I did put out more energy, I I realized, of course, if something rubs me the wrong way, this should be very interesting. Because now, look, I have a whole new level of understanding or, or a, you know, one more sign that I'm really not free. And why would we want to not know that? Because it's uncomfortable, because it requires energy, because we're afraid, because we're embarrassed. I mean, make a long list. Humiliation is a word that I enjoy. Because <laughs> it's just humiliating. That's all. Just, you just realize it's just, oh gosh, here we are again. But here we are again. And hiding from it doesn't make it different. So every time we flinch, be eager. Swami complimented a friend of mine, and he'd never complimented me this way, but he complimented her. He said, she loves to be corrected. And I thought to myself when he said that, and of course that's why he said it, I thought, no, I have to work hard to to love being corrected. And actually, since he said that to me, I've been more eager and more calm about it too. It's like, why not? It's one of the things we have to ask ourselves. Why not? And just the more free we we become, you see, even a great deal of suffering is just the thought that it shouldn't be happening. It's one of those likes and dislikes in the heart. Why shouldn't it be happening? It's going to help you. You weren't putting out any energy to overcome it, and now you know. Isn't that good news? Otherwise, it's just going to rule you from the dark. It's not like it's powerless when you're ignorant of it. In fact, it's just the opposite. All those things that are ruling you from the dark, you don't even know why. You have no idea why you're reacting. A lot of times you don't even know you're reacting. I'm not afraid! Oh, maybe I am. And I've seen relationships ruined because people don't know where their pain is coming from. Their pain is coming from something deep inside themselves. That person says something, I hurt, you hurt me. But it was sequential. It was not causal. It rubbed you the wrong way. Why? It doesn't mean that that person was wrong. It means that I don't know where my pain is coming from. And so we keep changing partners and changing cities and changing jobs. And we'd exchange our children if we could, but we can't sometimes. Because you, it happens sequentially, but you're just causing, you're pointing out a wound in me. Be grateful, because that's where freedom will come from. Is there any subject on which you feel sensitive? If so, determine to change yourself. A sore spot on the body tells you there is something wrong there. When people 
rub you the wrong way, see what there is in yourself that made you flinch. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.